What's up, guys? We're back with another episode of The Hang with the Neon Troubadours. I'm your host, Jake Badger, and the very sickly Corey Heim over there. Hello. Corey? COVID Corey, free are now. you alive? COVID, COVID free. free. No Rona. No Rona. Uh, the boss has got it, but that's about it. At least I don't have to see him for the next, uh, I don't know, two weeks, I think. I don't know. I forget how it works now. It changed all the time. Oh, so. yeah. Yeah, plus Christmas and New Year's sprinkled in there, too. So, yeah, he might be out for a minute. I know. I know. Hell, it's, yeah. Uh, it's a joy. So, we got a pretty awesome guest with us, Josh Toomey, from uh, from the New Pod podcast um, on, on the NotFest Network. Formerly Talk Toomey, which, by the way, that was the best podcast name <laughs> ever. <laughs> I was... I, when you changed it, I was going, oh, man, I like, really like that name. It, it was uh, the play on words, you know. Yeah, I always enjoyed it, man. Uh, thanks for having me, guys. Uh, thanks for having me on your show. Um, yeah, man, the talk to me is not dead. It's it's just uh, I, I uh, we went full new, new metal on the new pod. Um, I've actually put out a couple of episodes of talk to me here and there where I'll get like a random uh, you know, guest offered to me that doesn't fall into the category of new metal. So like I had the guitar player from Taking Back Sunday on and I had uh, Alex from Atreyu came on and both of those guys didn't really fall into the new metal category. So just change up the graphics a little bit and have a have a nice chat with uh, with some people outside of new metal. But yeah, um, you know, right now everything's kind of focused on new pod over on NotFest.com, NotFest YouTube, and uh, just trying to get those uh, get those numbers up. Right. We Heck know yeah. that. It's a very, it's a, it's a game. <laughs> it's a tough game. It's a very it's a wild game. It's a misunderstanding. It's a, there's a lot of misunderstandings when I look at our analytics, I will say that I'm going, Oh, we got 9,000 impressions. And then what I realized what impressions were, I was like, Oh, okay. Well, some cheating <laughs> involved there. It sounds yeah. good. Yeah. The, um, those early episodes of talk to me, I would, I would get like a decent guest on and put it up there and post it. And I was real bad about like refreshing the stats and it'd be like 30 listens. I'm like, well, this sucks. <laughs> and like, <laughs> you know, and then the next episode would be like 60 listens. I'm like, all right, well, that's a little bit better, but it took a while to really figure out how to play the game of get a good guest on, get them to say something, not get them, but they say something crazy make sure that the news outlets know about said crazy thing that they said. And then, then from there, like blabbermouth and the PRP and, and places like that, I'll pick it up. And then, you know, hopefully they put the little uh, player on the story and you, you kind of get some uh, you know traction that way. But yeah, it was, it was wild trying to, you know, having, you know, Chris Kale from five finger death punch on the podcast and nothing happening with it. And you're like, this is like one of the biggest bands out there. Why are people not listening and trying to find the people, man? That's, that's the hard part. That's funny. We're, uh, we're, we're, I'm currently exploring that Avenue of trying to get Chris on, you know, he's a Kentucky guy yeah. and, uh, we got a lot of mutual friends and he's a busy dude. I know, I know that much. Did, <laughs> did you guys used to play in a band together at one point? Was he in 12 volt negative earth? He or... was, he replaced me in 12 volt negative earth because ah. um, when I went to, when I uh, joined primer 55, he joined 12 volt and like in the one album that he played on the, the 12 volt album, he thanked me as like, 
I forget what it says. Something crazy like, you know, thanks. Thanks to, to me to for leaving so I could chase my dreams or something like that. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm like, ah, you know, it's cool. I mean, that was a fun album that that third 12 volt album that I wasn't on, but I helped write some of those songs. But I was actually listened to that not too long ago. Um, I was like, yeah, this is actually not that bad. <laughs> That's awesome. It's but, it's funny how the connections all end up playing out, especially like years later. You know, yeah. so like you and I weren't in weren't in that situation, but like sort of a similar situation where I was re auditioning for a band that I had already been in and left, and I went to Nashville and then came back, and then um, I, I'm not sure what you were doing. I guess that was like right after your 12 volt time, or was that after Primer 55 time? That was after Primer. Um, yeah, that's right. I kind of like <clears throat> I kind of given not given up on music, but just kind of got to a point where, you know, I'd done 12 volt for like six years. That was like my high school band into, um, you know, we did some touring, we got some, some label recognition, all that stuff. Um, then I joined primer and did the, I did the last proper primer 55 tour in like 2002. Um, I moved up here to Louisville, uh, from Nashville (laughs) and, uh, to, to kind of continue playing with Bobby and then Bobby Burns from primer, he joined Soulfly while I was here. And, you know, it was the whole thing of like, I was with him when he got the email and they're like, Hey, I just got an email and they, they want me to uh, join Soulfly. What should I do? And I'm like, what do you mean? What should you do? You should, but I think he Soulfly. felt bad. <laughs> I think he felt bad because I moved here to be in a band with him. And so he was like kind of asking me what he should do. And I'm like, dude, like if I got that gig, I would totally take it too. Um, so, so he, he goes off to, you know, Soulfly. I stayed in Louisville and then I met, you know, Josh and Van and, and, uh, Blake and all those guys. And I loved from within, I loved Josh's voice. I tried to get Josh to do a, um, Bobby and I were doing kind of a, almost like kind of an emo-ish band. And I, I had played this demo for Josh, Josh Hoxley. And he sang this, he wrote a, wrote a, you know, wrote vocals to it. He sang it to me in the car. I'm like, this is fucking gold. We go over to Bobby's house to record this demo and nothing he sang in the car came out in the, in the, in the studio. And I'm like, I don't know what happened. I don't know if he got nervous or if he got, you know, I, I just don't, I don't know what the disconnect was because what he sang in the car was fucking amazing. And then what he tried to do in the studio was, so was something completely different. <laughs> but uh but yeah man josh josh hockley's vocals back then were 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 some of the best i had heard and i loved i loved from within i thought it was a great band me too it was um it was so jake this goes back to like uh not quite tech world a little bit after tech world so like the beginning of like bulldogs and yeah i was about to say this is like yeah. bulldog cafe Bulldog, stuff. yeah, yeah. I'm familiar with the uh, band name from within. Yeah. I've um, definitely heard that before. So, so I, I joined that band. I don't know, 2000 and something or other 2002 or something like that. And then we played and you're familiar with these guys. Probably we played a couple shows with dead son. So we played a couple times in Nashville (laughs) and then we, so it was us and dead son and return to self. I don't know if you remember those guys. They were freaking awesome. And uh, 
And then they came up to Louisville a couple times and played. So we were kind of doing this back and forth stuff and we were real young. So we didn't know what we were doing. We, I remember we had, we had the shittiest gear. I mean, we were like, <laughs> it was really like green stuff. And oh, then yeah. I got a call from one of the dead son guys and he was like, Hey, what do you think about moving to Nashville? And I was like, I'll see you tomorrow. <laughs> you know, I was like, <laughs> I was at that point. I was so new to it where having someone reach out to me and go, Hey, do you want to move down here and like play with us? We'll put you up in this room. And so I was like all for it. And, uh, and then the, some, some things just didn't work out. I was real young. Those guys were a lot older. And so after you spend a little time with people, you know, you realize like, oh, maybe this young kid's not really ready for, for that kind of thing. So I came back and then just ended up joining again. It was, it was a great band. I love, I love those guys. I still, I miss having the relationships with them. Um, and it ended kind of bad and just, we just never really seemed to like reconnect any of us really. Uh, we all kind of all went our separate ways and talked to him every now and then, but you know, it was, uh, I watched that show that you played with him Bulldogs. I thought it was awesome. You, you played this like really badass uh, Schecter. I forget the model, but it was like a, almost like a double cut. Um, it's the, yeah, the body. diamond series. I I forgot to put it up. It's sitting right over here, but yeah, that thing was, that thing was sweet. I got photos of that sh- uh, show somewhere. Do you? Yeah, it was, it was, it was cool to watch someone else play. And I remember like talking to Josh and the guys would be like, Hey, like, you know, I get it. You know, and like I, it, I thought you were a great player. Um, and it was, uh, there's, there's no bands that have two bass players. That's what, that's what the world, <laughs> that's what the world's missing. Really. You know what but, I think's uh, funny and, and not to sound, not to be weird, but I think I said the same thing about you to them. I was like, I get it. You know, I was like, just pick him. He's great. <laughs> you know, like, you know, uh, I appreciate that. Another wild story in all this. I joined dead son in, I played, I did a tour with them in like 2007, maybe. Did you really? Yeah. Oh, Arthur, man. Arthur was, uh, Rex. Yeah. He's a beast. (laughs) So he like, uh, I went to his house. So I drove down from Louisville and he was like, Hey, I got this attic room. You and my, you know, my wife's cool. I think, uh, did he have kids? I don't remember if he had kids or not. And then, Mm. uh, but I remember sitting down and rehearsing and I was like, Oh, like playing to the to the records one thing, but they are so tight. Yeah, and uh, and I really I love Todd's voice. Like I just thought they were a great band. When I was in the Clear, we played with them quite a few times too. Um, there was a little heartbreak for me there because they just kind of quit calling me, and I was like all ready to like <laughs> I'm like ready, and then it's just you know, one of those things. So um, that's a small world. I didn't know that. I didn't know you played with them. Yeah, I did. Uh, I I did. Uh, like a. I would think it's like a two week tour with them, maybe around, around 2007. And we ended up and like the major uh, part of the whole tour was um, we were going to go to Dallas and showcase for Brad Lukovich who played hockey for the Dallas stars and uh, Tampa Bay uh, lightning. He won the Stanley cup with both teams or whatever. And uh, so he had started a, a uh, record label during the lockout called like lockout records or something. And um, so we, we get to to Dallas and like, there's a famous story of, of Pantera with the uh, Stanley cup trophy because, and Brad was the one that brought the trophy to Vinnie Paul's house because I guess every player gets it for like a couple of days or something like that, like to take it to their, their hometown or, or, you know, 
drink booze out of it or whatever you do with the Stanley <laughs> Cup. That's what so, I've been doing. <laughs> so there's a famous story of of them throw somebody threw the Stanley Cup into the pool and dented it, um, and that was through Brad uh, Brad Lukovich. And so when we got to we got to Dallas to to showcase for his uh, for his label or whatever, um, he invite he's like we got the, you know got there at like noon. And he's like, come on over to that house. You know, we'll have a cookout or something. Pull up to this, you know, massive house. And, uh, and we, you know, open the door and immediately everything is music. There's guitars on the wall. There's, you know, gold records on the wall. Like you couldn't tell this guy played hockey. You, he was just a massive, massive music fan. He pulled out his Stanley cup rings. He let me put one on. I was like, you know, I wish, you know, camera phones were a little bit more prevalent back then or something. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, man, his whole house was covered in like Pantera memorabilia and stuff like that. And, um, and yeah, we ended up, we ended up showcasing for his label. I don't, I'm, I don't think anything ever came of that. I think he was, I think he was big on, remember that band like Egypt, Egypt central. I think he was oh, something yeah. to do with him. I, I, I don't know. Maybe he didn't, but that, that, that name rings a bell with him. I know he had another band that he was really pushing, but but uh, he ended up being pretty cool and just, you know, letting us hang out. But yeah, that was through Dead Sun. That was one of the, it was, I forget who was playing bass for them at the time, but it, it was, was kind of one of those. It was the dude, he was, um, he was a bald guy and he had like a braided ponytail. His name's D and he used to play in a band. D, that's I, right. It was like Medicine Man or like some sort of like Native American. But I remember going to the Dead Sun CD release show at uh, Blue Sky Court in yep. Nashville which Jake, this is like the ultimate asshole sound guy of, I mean, <laughs> I don't know whatever happened to him, but I remember the first time we played there, Josh is like checking his microphone. And I said, we were young and he's like, Hey, uh, can you fucking talk in the microphone? Hey, he's like, Hey, is your fucking guitars in tune? Do you, are you prepared to any sort of way to play this show today? And we're going, Oh my God, yeah. I want to throw up. He was, uh, I forget Keep his name. Toes. Oh dude. He was, brutal but the venue is amazing but anyway yes i saw d play for that band uh um at the dead sun cd release show and uh another note to that night uh there used to be a little courtyard there and i was there with a buddy and we were drunk underage <laughs> of course and they had this like rock staircase looking thing it looked like a staircase and it kind of went up this little hill come to find out it was more of a fountain and so the first big step that I thought was a step was uh, like 50 gallons of stagnant water. <laughs> and I fell into it nice. like with an hour left of the place <laughs> being open. And every time I walked by somebody, they're like, what's that smell? And I smelled like absolute shit. It was, t it was a, one of the more <laughs> embarrassing moments. So, you know, but well, man. Oh yeah. So me and Jake started this venture because you know, we like talking about music and, and the hang pretty much to us is like represents like what kind of, you know, and it's a, a term we've heard and, and used before, like people in the music industry, like what kind of hang are you, you know, are you a good hang? Are you, are you, are you a good dude to, to hang out with and, and cut up with and stuff. And so we wanted to kind of focus, you know, our, our guests and our conversations around like some supporting cast and being a bass player um as well as doing your own podcast you fit that uh, category pretty pretty well and so you know if you don't care to kind of go through how you got started in the podcast game after your music stuff was over 
Yeah. Um, let's see. I, I got started, I guess the first year of the talk to me podcast was 2015. I, uh, I'd started a job and I couldn't get, uh, very good cell service in the place. You could wear headphones, you could listen to things. You just, I just couldn't get any service. So I found that's when I really got introduced to podcasts was like 2014. I know that's kind of late to the game podcast wise, like listening to podcasts. Um, but some of those early ones, you know, just a show and things like that. Kind of like what you were talking to me earlier about was the whole, like, Hey, this guy's just talking. I could do that. <laughs> you know? And, uh, <laughs> And so I, I was downloading episodes and kind of getting into, you know, there's the normal stuff, Rogan, Marin, Josta, I don't know, Eddie Trunk, things like that. And then about, a, I would say about a year into that job, I was just like, man, I know enough people to get started. And I just kind of threw some feelers out to some people I knew and said, Hey, if I started a podcast, would you come on? Um, and so my first, you know, 10, 15 episodes are people I toured with people, you know, I, like I, like I said, the main primer tour I ever did was with dope. So I reached out to the guitar player virus. You know, he was an early episode, you know, Bobby Burns, obviously easy first early episode, Chris Kale, five finger death punch early, um, Billy Gray from Fozzy. Um, he played in primer with me for a while. So that was a pretty easy get you know, just stuff like that. Just like, you know, just really I had no idea what I was doing. I had no idea. I was never on the recording side of music. I never liked the studio, so I never really knew how to record audio. Um, so some of those early episodes were the phone I had at a time. I downloaded a recorder app. So talking on the phone, you hit record. It records both sides of the message or the both sides of the phone call. Um, I, I got like a $25 USB mic off of Amazon, did the intros and outros with that. I mean, it was, it's pretty wild, but I mean, like, <laughs> like I just kind of, I I'm really bad about planning. I'm a very sporadic and impulsive. So uh, it was just like, Hey, I think charged. I'm going to start a <laughs> You know, it's one of those like, Hey, I think I'm going to start a podcast. I think I'm going to call it talk to me. And then two weeks later, first episode's up. You know, it's just like, yeah. anytime you read about podcasts, they're like, have a plan, have three episodes ready, have this, have that, you know, get a get an email marketing list together or something crazy. And I was just like, Rah! like, just throw it on the internet and see what happens. <laughs> well, at least you had the last name that uh, helped you uh, scratch off the hardest part of coming up with a name for the podcast. Right? Yeah. It was going to be talk to me or <laughs> speak to me. Um, yeah. I mean, I went, obviously went with talk, but yeah, the, the name that, you know, I kind of got made fun of growing up is like, is your middle name? Give it, you know, <laughs> like, <laughs> or like my, my aunts and uncles were like, you know, back in the day, they're like, uh, my aunt's nickname was socket, you know, cause like, socket to me, socket to, <laughs> socket me. to me, you know, all that. <laughs> so, so I kind of, I kind of brought, uh, you know, prestige back to the name, I guess, or something. That's awesome. You just but listed you know a whole wild. brand of merch right there. You know, it's wild though, is I'm not the first talk to me. Um, I'm like the fifth. And it was funny because I, I, if I would have Googled it prior to starting the uh, podcast, I probably would have never called it that, but there's a speech pathology to me in Chicago. Uh, her her thing is talk to me, speech pathology. Uh, talk to me.com is a 
uh, uh, realtor, <laughs> I can't you know, with the last name to me. Um, nice. there's a, uh, there's a, uh, uh, what is, what is she? She's like a, the news person in Arkansas and her, her handle is at talk to me and that's her nickname is talk to me. So I'm definitely not the first, but, uh, if there the, isn't, hey, if there isn't somebody doing the uh, phone sex thing at some point in time <laughs> for the talk to me, they really <laughs> miss their calling. Might get the wife to <laughs> So earlier, uh, so this past year you were on, uh, you were at Louder Than Life and did a yeah. ton of interviews. Yeah. So go through that experience, man. That had to be cool to sit down and talk to so many of the guys coming through there for the festival. Yeah, this year, um, I'll just kind of, I mean, starting back, you know, and I've, I've covered the last, you know, six or six or so louder than lives. And when I sat down with, um, Johannes from avatar, I, I, we kind of had a little off, off camera talk because the first year I did louder than life was one of the first years they did louder than life. And the first year I did it, I had like a little handheld microphone, you know, just doing the back and forth, uh, you know, answer question, answer type deal. And, you know, they were one of the lower tier bands on the deal and they, they, you know, they were doing every interview possible, just trying to get their foot in the door. And then yeah. this last year, you know, doing it for not fest, um, not fest actually flew out the Slipknot's camera guy, guy named Anthony. Um, it was funny cause I got a text saying, Hey, we're going to fly in Anthony to, to film these interviews for you. And I was like, okay. So I Googled Anthony's name and the first thing that pops up is like guitar world, album you know uh, a magazine covers and and like all this just fantastic slipknot photography like it's like slipknot's dude um damn so he shows a cool guy actually you know super sweetheart of a guy you wouldn't expect him to be slipknot's camera guy you know you you think slipknot's camera guy is going to come in all tatted up and be ready to fight <laughs> and uh and I, I i asked him i was like so what did you do before slipknot and he goes oh i used to work for microsoft and i was like oh okay but uh <laughs> He, yeah, he was, yeah, 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 a little bit different, but uh, but he was great, man. But yeah, they um, this was the first year I showed up, and I had like a like a couch and a bay and a backdrop and everything just set up and ready to go. And Anthony brought his, you know, his uh, his camera stuff, and you know, we just I had twenty one interviews over four days, but one the, the I think it was the Friday where I did thirteen back to back, and by like interview eleven they would, the people would sit down and I would just be like, listen, I'm spent. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, what do you want to talk about? Like, what are we, I, I was basically like, what do you want to promote? What do you want to talk about? And, uh, but yeah, I mean, I, we had a lot of fun. I'm, I'm still releasing those. Like we're only releasing like one or two a week. And I, I think we'll end up going through February at this point with louder than life interviews. We know I was That's thinking awesome. about that, uh, today. I was like, you know, we got to figure out how to do like bourbon and beyond. I mean, I'd love to do louder than life. That would be great to be able to have that kind of access to just to talk to, to some of these people. You know, we obviously there's bands that, you know, everybody dreams like to sit down and have that conversation experience with. Um, but there's so many great bands that I hadn't heard before, or I hadn't seen live before um, that we got to, to watch this year at louder than life. And I'm like, like Gideon, 
Like, dude, those guys, we were talking about them. Uh, them with our last guest, Cody. Um, But they were just incredible. And, like, their sound was amazing. Their show was, like, it was simple, but it was just brutal. And it was good. They put on a great show. Um, And then uh, what was that goofy band that does the Waffle House tours in the trailer? What were they called, Jake? Uh, Goose? Something, something Goose. Uh Silly goose, silly, silly goose. goose. But they yeah. seemed awesome. I was like, man, I'd love you know. It just <laughs> this kind of platform, getting to have conversations and learn about other um, artists' like journey into where they've gotten to, you know, what success is defined, right? So our last guest, uh, we haven't released the episode yet. We're gonna do that here in a couple of days. But uh, Cody Ash, he plays drums for Jelly Roll. He's a uh, old friend of ours um, mm-hmm. grew up out of here in Mount Washington and just talking to him about his experience, just uh, not necessarily being just who, you know, it's more about, you know, uh, the opportunities you get to, to mingle and, and hang out with people. And, you know, he, he told us this story about how he just met the jelly roll guys. He'd never disclosed he was a drummer. He was just kind of hanging out and became Instagram friends with him. And then they noticed he was a drummer and they're like, Hey, you're good. And next thing you know, now he's playing arenas and going yeah. to the Grammys and doing this stuff. So, you know, it'd be neat to make those connections and sort of hear the stories. And we've all got a, a fun, uh, a fun past. Most of us do, you know, getting to where we've gotten. So, but that was a good yeah. experience. Did the, you? Um, the fun, the fun part with Cody was the, the year that he played, I was obviously, you know, back doing interviews and stuff. And, uh trey from devil's cut back there and kind of did the hey this is josh from not fest hey this is cody blah 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 and uh just seeing like his seeing cody's family was back there just all you know super pumped that he was he was playing and then i loved that he he wore his football jersey yeah, you know on cool jersey. stage at louder yeah. than life i thought that was you know i i when i saw that i was just like that's that's awesome just to be able to kind of come full circle and, 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 you yeah. know, wear your Mount Washington high school or whatever it's called, you know, <laughs> football Jersey on stage at, at louder than life. Uh, I thought that was awesome. Yeah, man, that was definitely a cool moment. And we actually talked about that on the podcast, man, just to be, you know, to, to see somebody that we, you know, grew up together uh, over the last several years and uh, to go, you know, see him come up to the rankings and, yeah. Uh, be on such a huge platform like that and just killing it. So we're super proud of him and, and love seeing the hometown guys uh, have success, man. And, and you mentioned Trey from devil's cut. Mm-hmm. Those yeah. guys have been killing it lately too. Yeah. Um, they got on, uh, two Danny Wimmer shows, uh, last year. And of course, ladder, uh, ladder and life being one of them. So really stoked for those guys and excited to see, you know, what, what holds for them in 24. So, yeah, they're gonna yeah it their- is wild to see like you know we were talking earlier about even even chris kale you know five finger death punch you know him him playing uh i remember him back in the day in a band called cut love kill out of lexington and then he ended up playing in you know 12 volt negative earth with me you know when i when i went to primer he he replaced me and then you know going to the yum center and seeing him headline with shine down you know things like that just just wild how how and I'm sure you're like that too, Corey, where there's so many bands out there still that, you know, a member of that was, you know, played the bulldog cafe back in the day or, yeah. or like so, so many people or so, you know, so many times you saw 
this band before they were big, or you, you know, you know, this person or that person from, you know, from a, you know, just being in the scene and being around people. It's, it's pretty amazing to see when that, when that comes together. Yeah. It's, yeah, um, for sure. It's, we've talked about this a couple of times on a couple of different episodes, but there is a, uh, I've reached a level of maturity now where I don't feel so envious of those people anymore. And, it, you know, I went through a pretty bad, uh, you know, part of my life where I just wasn't accepting that I wasn't where I wanted to get with, with music, you know? And so I kind of felt like, I mean, I was jealous. I was, I had friends that were, but were doing awesome things. And, and instead of celebrating that, I was kind of groveling and going like, okay, how do I, it was motivating, but it was, I didn't utilize like, uh, I didn't appreciate and, and I wasn't ha- as happy for them, as, for them as I should have been, you know what I mean? Right. And so now looking back at it, like I get to, I, f- I feel a lot more, you know, I feel like I can celebrate that, you know, their success and, and, uh, and feel a little bit better about what I got to do. You know, I got to do a lot of stuff that a lot of people don't get to do. And so just yeah. being grateful and humble and, comes with age i guess for some of us just most of us uh some people probably catch on a little sooner but it's hard to watch man you're watching people that you you know used to open for you or used to used to go watch practice in their first bands and next thing you know they're you know doing this great stuff and you're going man where did time go pass me up a little bit it is crazy too doing the podcast and really when you, when you learn stories and you talk to people, you know, and even when you talk to people, you don't know, you, you learn their stories. You just realize how close you probably were at all times to quote unquote, making it, you know, you were, yeah. you were one phone call away, one show away. Like it's and it's never, and I'm sure you're like this too, Corey, but you, you assume that there's this like pecking order and all these doors you got to open and, and like levels you got to make and, you know, play this many shows and then you you talk to people and they're like, oh yeah, someone found our demo in a trash can and we got signed. You know, it's like <laughs> it's like always the most random story about, yeah. you know, we were we we just happened to hand the right person the right cassette or the right flyer or the right this. You know, oh the 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 guy was there to see the opening band and missed them but saw us. It's it's always it's never like this mapped out plan and so it's always something that's just it's just a little bit off you know like like i interviewed uh the guys in chimera and mark hunter's like yeah we just asked you know i think it was we asked spine shake if we could go on tour with them and they said sure let's go you know shit like that just like what like you know things things i don't know you you just it's i guess you're always feeling you're you're maybe closer than you thought and that they it's this big glamorous you know, you know, golden <laughs> ticket to, to, to yeah, being yeah. signed and being a star. And then you just, you know, like Cody. Yeah. They followed me on Instagram. Next thing you know, I'm in the band, you know, it's like, what, where is that in the manual? <laughs> right. Know? Like how cool yeah, is that? Yeah. You know, I remember yeah. uh, at one point in time, of course, I'm sure you've, you've dealt with this too, um, where you, you feel like that you're getting communication that you got a deal getting ready to go down and you're getting like excited and, yeah, you know, thinking about all the things, and I remember being—I was on the river with my bandmates, and uh, my guitar player Clay. We were on his dad's boat, 
And I remember calling my mom and we had just gotten some news that, you know, we, we were pretty sure we're going to, we're going to ink something. And I called my mom and I was like, mom, I'm going to have health insurance. Finally. <laughs> I was so excited about the small things, you know, I was like, man, you know, it, and really just like to be able to tour on a bus and to be able to, you know, I never really felt like I, not that I wouldn't like it, but I never felt like I wanted the stardom as much as I wanted that next level of sometimes comfort. And then of course, like mm-hmm. the crowd, you know, I playing like LRS fest and, and doing some of the bigger shows in, in Louisville it, in my time within the clear, that's what really drove me to the next stop. It was like, you get that adrenaline rush, you get that, you come off stage and you're like, Oh my God, that was like the best thing ever. And then a couple of days later it's gone. You know, it's yeah. like, the worst kind of drug in a way. And you're like, okay, what do I have to do to get back to that? And what do I have to do that? Yeah. You know, back then bands were touring, you know, maybe having a night off a week, you know, maybe taking a Sunday off and they were hitting it hard. And uh, you're thinking, how can I do that every day? And, you know, <laughs> some people get the opportunity and some don't. I'm grateful for what I got to do though. You know, looking yeah. back at it. I'm, uh, and it's got me into this, man. Like I told you before, like, I love this. This is just being able to connect with other people and people we know, people we don't know. Um, we interviewed our second episode. It was uh, with the singer for a band called The Pretender, and they're a Foo Fighters like tribute band. And just to hear Jeff talk about, you know, his story and like why he wanted to do it. His son plays the drums. You know, just stuff like that. Music's a lot more. Uh, we're all a lot more connected than I think that we all realize in the community. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's, it's wild. You were talking about Gideon earlier and how connected we all are. Um, so I interviewed uh, Tyler, the guitar player from Gideon, and he's from, you know, as I was kind of, you know, Googling and, and just, you know, learning everything I could about him, I realized that he was from the same town that I am in Tennessee. And uh, so we're, we're just, you know, talking and, and I was like, hey, I'm from, you know, this town. He's like, oh, shit, I played in you know, a band from that town. And then you know, it got down to like we almost lived on the same street kind of deal. Oh shit. <laughs> and, uh, and towards the end of the interview, I just kind of threw out like a joke question. I was like, you know, when was the last time you were at Rivergate mall, which was the big mall right there. And he goes, Oh shit. I used to work there. I'm like, what store? And he goes, hot topic. And I was like, I, I worked at hot topic. And, um, <laughs> and I, I was like, I was like, did we work there at the same time? And uh, as a joke. And he goes, he goes, the only person I remember there was, uh, was a, a, a lady named Melissa and she had her cheeks pierced. And I was like, that's my wife. And I texted her to come to, she was upstairs at the time and I texted her to come down and she poked her head around the corner and, uh, and, you know, said hello. But yeah, he was like a seasonal employee under her. Um, you know, she was the store manager at the time. And then at louder than life, he came back. He didn't, we didn't interview him, but he came back and, and I was like, I was like, Tyler, Melissa, you know, cause she was with me as my assistant. And, uh, you know, it's just kind of cool little full circle thing, man. But that Gideon record. Yeah. I was I was kind of thinking about if I if I did like a top records of 2023, I think that Gideon might be you know one or two. Um, oh, dude, absolutely, yeah. I, Such I, a I great record. record. Jake's one of my favorite drummers to watch uh, yeah. in, in the metal in the metal world right now. Um, he just he's so chill, but just delivers such such a punch, man. And yeah. and he's like the coolest, most down to earth dude you'll you'll ever meet too. So. Did, uh, it was cool to see that ride symbol, man. That ride symbol just <laughs> <laughs> yeah. like Vinnie Paul level ride symbol. 
I absolutely. Uh, I I've listened to Whitechapel and I actually saw Whitechapel. Um, do you remember that show that Terry put on? It was Kill Switch at Engage, the, um, uh, Cannibal. Yeah, it was Corpse, at the hotel. At, at the hotel, like the ballroom. At the yeah, over yeah. off of Hurstbourne. Yeah. And yeah. I don't remember that. Man. Oh, dude, it was it was wild as hell. I mean, like it was like a carpeted ballroom, and next thing you know, you got like cannibal corpse up there it was nice. it was awesome that was my first cannibal corpse experience dude and they're like this better. next song's about my grandmother it's called fucked with a knife <laughs> and i was like what in the fuck is this dude i could watch tiktoks of corpse grinder all day long and watching the security guard reactions is the best but i saw white chapel then and i've always been to really heavy music and uh i there was just, I just didn't, they didn't grab me. And then I almost didn't watch them at louder than life. And I was like, my cousin was like, we got to watch them. I was like, okay, good. You know, let's do it. And they fucking blew me away. I was like, I've been listening to them pretty much nonstop now. Um, and then metal, um, what was it? Metalocalypse. Yeah. Uh, yeah. What's his name? Brent. Is it Brent? Brendan small? Brendan small. Dude, that was amazing too. I was, they, they sounded really good. Sleep token was phenomenal. That was like a whole experience. Um, oh my god! Suicide Don't even silence, get me man. I'm telling you, man. <laughs> so that was the most brutal crowd that I saw all all festival long. Was that suicide silence crowd? Which I was surprised. Playing on the main stage, they were they killed it. What a great comeback that band had too. They, oh, they yeah. fell into the right. Yeah. They fell into the right dude <laughs> after Mitch died for sure. That's already been 11 years now. Dude. Mitch died. That's crazy, crazy to me. They, uh, and that was one of the coolest, like, tribute concerts that I ever saw. I, I wasn't oh, yeah. there in person, but just that, you know, how they, how they did that and pulled that off. I wish the metal community got a little more credit for how tight knit they are, <laughs> you know? Yeah. When it, when it's time to come together, we definitely come together. Um, so, so on the not fest stuff, um, are you like, how did you get into that, to that, uh, to that group? And like, are you, are you doing any of the, are you going out to any of the like traveling, not fest events um, or anything? The only one I've done was, was we did not fest Iowa, which was, I think two years ago, we did like a live Twitch stream from there. Um, the, the way I got into it was, um, there's a guy named bees, uh, Terry Beezer. Um, he, he ran a, uh, podcast for a long time called that's not metal. Uh, he's from the UK. He, you know, it, it's just one of those, like, you know, you, I've reached out to him over time just saying, Hey, enjoy what you do. You know, blah, blah, blah. Just kind of kept a, kept, kept a, um, uh, what do you call it? Like just a dialogue with him. And then, um, during the pandemic, not fest, kind of took their dot com and turned it more into not just about the festival but the news articles interviews you know trying to do stuff about movies and music and just all just just kind of a, a wide array of things and they they kind of tried to do a mtv style twitch channel to where um from like four to midnight eastern there would be content on not Fest Twitch. It was, you know, countdowns and it was 
you know, they were, they were having like hardcore day and new metal day and classic day. And <clears throat> so they really just needed a bunch of, um, I don't know what you call it, talent or, or, you know, people to make shows. Some staff. Um, right. So bees was kind of put, bees was kind of putting this together and um, he reached out and he's like, Hey, you know, I got you in mind for a certain show. Would you like to do it? And I'm like, yeah. And um, <laughs> uh, so they came back. It was, it was, we did a show called throwback throwdown. Um, it was a two hour show on Thursday nights. Uh, basically just honestly just kind of turned into what I do just continue to do was, you know, we w I was able to play videos, talk about them, bring on guests. Um, and when the, when they were getting the Knotfest Twitch stream together, um, I was like, Hey, I got this podcast too, that I wouldn't mind bringing over to Knotfest. And they're like, hold off on that. We'll just, you know, we're focusing on one thing at a time. Um, I ended up booking Heidi from butcher babies as like my first guest. And, uh, she came on, she's great. She's done my podcast a few times and she's always just been fantastic. So it was an easy talk. And so I did the, I did the, you know, two hours live. I'd never done live before. I'd always done, you know, pre-recorded, been able to edit. Did you say something stupid? You know, shorten the question, all that stuff. <laughs> We're not um, there yet. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I, I never, well, I take, I take it back. I had done some live streams, but I'd never, it was live and on a different platform that I, you know, wasn't just my normal Facebook friends or something like that. So I was nervous. I did this two hour stream, got off, you know, got off the, off the stream. I was like, that is the worst thing I've ever done in my whole life. I'm <laughs> suck. I am terrible. You know, if they fire me right now, I get it, all that stuff. And I looked down at my phone and everyone from NotFest was texting me like, Oh my God, that was amazing. Blah, 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 blah. And then the, the main guy from NotFest hit me up. He's like, and we want your podcast too. And I was like, Oh shit. Hell yeah. And so that's when I, um, so the, uh, I would do the not fest Twitch stream. And then I would do, I was doing weekly interviews with the podcast, um, all funneled through not fest. Um, and so, yeah, it was, it's, it's been, it's been wild. It's been, I guess almost like two and a half years now, kind of just on their platform. <laughs> and you're talking that's awesome. About that's like, a hell of a platform to be on for sure. Yeah. You're talking about the a great era of music too. Um, I liked it a lot. I got the yes. opportunity to do this, uh, Louisville loves new metal. And, uh, I thought about you afterwards. I was like, man, like we should have gotten him like really involved. I mean, I didn't put it on or anything. I just participated, yeah. but next year I'll get you hooked up with Zach. If you don't already know Zach Pennington and that would be a cool for one, you have to come play some and then, uh, <laughs> come out and, and participate. It's a really re well run organized event. Um, they did like 600 plus at the at this first one they did and they just they just did their louisville loves emo show last weekend and i think they've got pretty close to selling it out if nice. not sell it out um at headliners so definitely uh a time uh it's coming back i'm excited about it <laughs> yeah it's pretty wild man i i yeah. saw the um i had actually i think after it was announced i think i tried to hit them up and being like hey you got a new metal guy in town you know <laughs> and then i never heard anything back from him um so i don't i don't know what happened there but uh it's just kind of funny because they they do a louisville loves new and there's like members of flaw in town there's members of you know like i'm the only i'm the only primary 55 guy left but like you know there's there's all these like kind of like new metal relics running around 
<laughs> and, oh uh, yeah, for sure. But I mean, from what I heard, I think the first one went off really well, and those Louisville loves emo nights do really well. So it was pretty much the same crew of musicians um, that do the Louisville loves emo. So, so I think that Zach and Brian both have a, like a really good vision for where they want to take it, and I know that uh, yeah, there was definitely some conversations about um, trying to recruit some of those like people, you know, cause like you look at like Ryan Jurors is still hanging around. Um, Jay Daunt still around Louisville. Um, mm-hmm. you, um, I don't know if Bobby pops back up in here very, very often or not, but, uh, I know he's familiar with the town, so yeah, yeah. it would be cool because I think it would also bring a whole different crowd in. I mean, I was expecting like, uh, how to say this, like a retired Phoenix Hill type crowd, you know, like people that have been around in that time period because it was based around music that was like super popular then. But dude, it was full of these young Mm -hmm. kids. And, and I was like, damn, I was just expecting a bunch of older, older dudes like me, you know, 38 now. And, uh, it wasn't. (laughs) So I think combining those two crowds could really make this, this event really pop off next year. So, um, I think Definitely. I might get the opportunity to put together my own band. So if I do, you're going to have to come and, and jam some, and we'll try to get some of those other guys involved for sure. It'd be fun to put yeah, together. Yeah, I did. Um, oh, yeah. When, when Trey did his, he did like a new metal night at Losers. And then I did a, I did like a live podcast with uh, Jay and uh, Chris Ballinger from Flaw. And we kind of did like a breakdown of the first Flaw record. Um, and then they they switched it over to the new metal DJ and things like that. But yeah, we had we had a fun a fun night. And I know, I know Ballinger would like to play. You know, get up and do some drums and stuff like that. So oh yeah, it would be sure. a fun night, man. What a great record that is, by the way. Oh, it's so good. You know what's the sad thing is? Is I have a copy. Or I used to have a copy of Endangered Species, but it was all the demo stuff. Nice. And it's so much better than what the actual <laughs> album turned out like. <laughs> I'm like, uh, I think it's floating around online somewhere. I remember I found it again some, someplace. Um, I think Aaron, I forget his last name. Um, he's buddies with Joey Goldsmith, but he used to run like a flaw, like fan website, and he had all that like B side like stuff. It was it was that was a great time, and I that was my. I remember going to Tech World to watch them and being like, oh my god, this is like the best band on earth, you know, and getting to know some of them over the years. It's Definitely something I think would would be would be great to see those guys come back out and and do some and do something like that. Um, I don't know how. Yeah, for sure. I'd love to say that. Oh, dude, that'd be that'd be that'd be awesome. Are you, um, Josh? Do you get into any other genres at all? Are you into any other music as far as like playing or doing any any podcasts? No, I mean, I, I my musical taste kind of runs the gamut. Like it's it's funny. Like when that Spotify Wrapped comes up. You know, I really can't, I I don't want to post it because it's like, it's like Bruno Mars and Paramore and it's like, it's like all over the map of just like, I thought you liked Pantera, dude. And I'm like, well, you know, Panic of the Disco is pretty sweet, (laughs) but, uh, but, um, but yeah, man, it just kind of, my musical taste just, you know, it's all over the place. Like when everybody asks me like what my top five concerts of all time is, it's like, it's like Garth Brooks and Bruno Mars and you know, it's, it's never really metal. Oh, it's yes. just like, it's like 
fucking that Garth Brooks show at, at Yum Center, how many ever years ago? That was fucking phenomenal. Like I was, I was there. That was know. epic. And he does like two. He does two shows a night, two nights in a row, just like. <laughs> and I saw the first night of the first show, and a friend of mine saw like the last show of the second night. And from what I heard, you know, he has the same intensity like the entire weekend. He's a wild yeah. man, but uh, but yeah, just. <laughs> So yeah, I mean, you know, my youngest son's middle name is Cash, and you know, it's, it's I grew up in Nashville. I love the, I love the the uh, classics and and all that stuff too. So yeah, I'm my, yeah, it's all over the place. That's awesome. Did you get to uh, Did you get to venture out and catch many of the uh, sets during Louder Than Life? That's the one thing that does kind of suck about doing interviews. That's like you're you're kind of doing you know, I mean, the interviews you get. 15 minutes with each band you don't get a you know you're not doing a joe rogan podcast for each each guest right. so i kind of i try to keep it to about 10 minutes of just in out you know new album you know just tr- just trying to keep it pretty quick people are always like why didn't you ask about this i'm like because it's not a fucking sit down long form <laughs> interview it's like you know i gotta hit the hit the you know hit the hits on this one you know new album right. tour you know what are we talking about right now you know going on and on but but yeah, yeah. we would definitely um I missed a couple of bands I would want to see, but for the most part, I think we, we got in and out and saw most of the bands I wanted to see. Did, uh, so have you been bitten by the, uh, sleep token bug? Because I know people seem to be either all in or they're just not interested at all. I'm, uh, I'm pretty well in. I'm not like, I haven't dove in yet, but like everything that I've heard, (laughs) I like, so it's, it's, you know, it's definitely, um, I didn't get to see them at Louder Than Life. I do, I do hate that. But oh um, man, dude, it was it was a religious experience. Yeah, I didn't. So Corey had been telling me about them, and and I listened maybe to a clip or so several months before that, and I don't know. It just really, I was like, eh, and you know, moved on. But I, I didn't give it the the full full attention, and then seeing that performance live. Yeah. Uh, especially with, you know, I'm, I'm a drummer, so obviously I fixate on the drums and two is just freaking incredible. Yeah. And, um, I have, I haven't shut up about sleep token ever since. And <laughs> they, I, I started the listening to the, the, the metal community. <laughs> <laughs> I started listening to them after ladder in life. So October and, um, I had my, uh, my Apple yearly wrap up or whatever, had them as second on nice. my all-time listen so that shows you how much i haven't turned them off this year i had the same experience with them crazy you know andy showed me one of their songs in his truck like three times and i was like andy like i'm not buying it man i'm not I'm, it's not <laughs> it's okay man it's it's good and then i don't i forget how i rediscovered it i just randomly i think i was thinking of the song you ever have those moments where you're like thinking of a song like man how's that song go what's it called it's i think it took me like 10 minutes of googling to find it and then and then i i listened to that song and i was like yeah and i don't know if i got distracted and the next song came on or the or the record had gone back to the title track something but i heard the offering and then it was just like a different kind of (laughs) song and i was like wait a second i'm like jamming dude next thing i know i'm like listening the whole thing four or five times in a row and I, i will say though that when the the record alkaline when alkaline came out after that i was like uh eh, it's okay but because everyone was talking about it, i'm like oh sleep token sleep token i was like man this was kind of like 
one of those little hidden gems I wanted to hold on to for a while before they became this thing. Right. But, and I listened to the newest record, you know, they had some good songs they put out. Um, I still wasn't as hooked into it as that first record. Then I saw them live and man, it just, I don't know. I mean, I'm sure that they're, they've got some tracks, definitely got some, some tracks running and stuff, but like vocally just really unique. The rhythm section is phenomenal in the show they put on. I mean, honestly, their costumes. So much energy. Well, their costumes were just like, they look like $10 stretchy masks, you know, with, with <laughs> print on them. Yeah. And, yeah. They could go like rob a convenience store after they got <laughs> off stage. Like, but it seems so I was, I remember looking and I was like, it seemed like they, their bodies were shaped differently. It was the lights and like their cloaks and stuff. It just looked, I don't know, otherworldly. And so, yeah, their fingers looked like they were this dude, they long. Did. Like, <laughs> it was so crazy. I don't know if it was the shadows or whatever. Yeah, it could so have been weird, the extracurricular yeah. activities, but. Um, oh yeah. I'm sure their fingers and everything else was all stretched <laughs> out with uh, what you were doing. So, but. You know, there was, there was a, a moment when I looked around the crowd and, and I was like, wow, like here is this like kind of side stage band and they've yeah. got this place completely full and people know who they are, but most don't. And they've, they've remained out of the public eye, you know, unlike, you know, like a, unlike a Slipknot or like a Kiss or something, you know, they've kind of mm-hmm. kept it pretty low key. So I think it's cool, man. I'm riding the, the ship while I can. Yeah, it's Hell it's. Yeah. Have you played? Have you guys played shows with masks before? No, I have one time. You did. <laughs> it was a, it was a Halloween show. Yeah, it's I always a Halloween it was, show. Yeah, it, it might have been headliners. It's. I, uh, I think I played but, uh, maybe one or two shows with a mask, and I think that every time, like, I felt better. Like it's it's so much more fun. It's always yeah. it's like so much more like you can just be whatever you're wearing because you know doing a Halloween show you could. Uh, you know, you can, hey, you don't can have to act like you yourself. Want. Yeah. You're not like so worried about what you personally look like, you know, like things like that. So I, I think oh, it's yeah. fun, man. I, I would love to be in a masked band. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's never had very experience. intriguing. A, I definitely, I, let's, let's do it, Jake. I will say I let's had on it. one of let's the, uh, Michael Myers, like, like one of the $80 nice, nice mask. And I was fucking miserable. <laughs> it was so, <laughs> freaking hot that I was about to die after like the first course and I I see like I've seen interviews with Slipknot and stuff and there's like it it's painful and I was like I totally get it and and I had to throw that damn thing away after that because you would never get the smell out of those shows (laughs) it was it was bad um so what do you got coming up next, man? What do you what do you got? Any exciting guests you you want to talk about, or do you got any events you're looking forward to? Um, I mean, right now we're we're kind of uh, you know I put up my last louder than life episode uh, for the year. Uh, the last new pod episode for the year is kind of kind of out. Um, we're kind of on like a, a you know Christmas break, so it's kind of nice. I'm actually just going to kind of play with the equipment and see if I can, you know, get some better sounds, things like that. Um, coming up on new pod on the, uh, I'm trying to think what's left louder than life wise. Um, I know I got like CU space cowboy interviews is still in the can. Um, man, what else do I have? 
don't got any of those sleep token interviews, do you? <laughs> no, no. I, you know, it's funny. It's, I, I had heard like one of the first sleep token songs and I'm on the uh, mailing list for her, for their publicist. And I'm friendly with her. And I was like, I saw that. I was like, Hey, interviews. And she's like, they don't do interviews. <laughs> like They even <laughs> turned down like, you know, Rolling Stone and Billboard. Um, Man, to be that it's cool. so crazy. I know. Two Rolling just Stone. did the first Fuck interview. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah. I mean, uh, let's see here. Left with uh, we got Dance Gavin Dance. I actually do have a Devil's Cut in here. Uh, Flat Black, Ithaca, Jesus Peace, See You Space Cowboy. Yeah, those are the ones that are left. Um. But yeah, if you go back to NAFS YouTube, you can see my interviews with 311, Code Orange, Death Clock. Uh, The Floggy Molly interview ended up being really good. It was with their guitar player. Um, That was a wild one because flogging, like the the misconception with NAFS is it's not owned by Slipknot. That's the first thing. It's owned by 5B Management, which manages uh, Slipknot. But it's it's kind of ran by Clown is a little bit invested. Like when I saw Clown at Louder Than Life, he kind of knew who I was, but then he kind of didn't know who I was. And like none of the guys in Slipknot that day looked at me twice. You know what I'm saying? It's kind of odd because I I've been on Knotfest for at that time for a year and a half or something like that. And like you know, Corey just I, I said that hey Corey, you know I work for Knotfest. Oh, okay, cool, whatever. You know, thing with like. Uh, <laughs> who else was back there it was like uh v-man was back there and and clown was back there for a little bit and clown kind of gave me like a oh yeah but i i don't believe he knew who i was at the time <laughs> um but uh but flogging molly also uh uh you know, managed by 5b um and the main guy of 5b is a name, guy named Corey brennan and Corey was back there like Corey's like the uber boss of the whole thing. You know, he's like, he's the Danny Wimmer of Nodfest. You know, he's like the guy. And, um, and he comes up to me and he's like, Hey, do you want to interview flogging Molly? And I'm like, what am I supposed to say? Like, no, <laughs> you know, like, and, uh, um, so he kind of, he goes, he's like, they'll be over here in about an hour. And I was like, all right, so I have an hour to figure out anything about flogging Molly. I don't know anything about flogging Molly. Like I know, <laughs> I know the drunken lullaby song, you know, kind of know the one guy was in fast way for a minute back in the eighties or whatever. And I know nothing. So I'm like, you know, Googling Wikipedia, everything I can reading other articles. And I came up with zero. So I wrote down the new album and, <clears throat> and like the guy's name, it was the guitar player. And he sits down and I'm just like, Blech. like i just start talking and we talked for 12 minutes and we both walked away like that was that was really fun and, and then um <laughs> later on i was standing in the bathroom and uh, he comes up and taps me on the shoulder and he goes man he goes he goes on my kids lives that was i've been doing this for 20 years that was one of the best interviews i've ever done i mean we talked about elvis and the warp tour okay. and just just we just had a conversation. It wasn't like bullet points. Like typically, you know, you write down your bullet points and what do we got to hit? We just had a, had a, had a chat. And, uh, I was like, man, that, that means a lot. Make sure you tell Corey that, you know, Corey Brennan. And, uh, and he was like, Oh, I will. And then like, I saw him again later on. He was like, Hey, 
I told Corey that, you know, that was the best interview I've ever done or something like that. And I was like, sweet. I have a, I have a, you know, a job for a few more days. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like those interviews, you know, where it's not so just like planned out and it's just having real conversation. I, I think that's what viewers yeah. love the most, man. It It's more relatable for sure. Oh yeah. He was kind of laughing because he thought he was going to have to get like his metal, all of his metal, uh, you know, t- he, he was doing the same thing. Like I was trying to figure out everything I could about flogging Molly. And he was like trying to remember everything he could about metal thinking he was going to have like some crazy <laughs> metal conversation. And then we sat down and we started talking about Elvis and then he, you know, he, just how much he, you know, he loves Elvis. And I was like, Oh dude, the 68 comeback special and that leather outfit, you know, and he, we were going back and forth and just having a good time with it. But yeah, it's, it's, um, that was fun. I've got one more louder than life, life story to, to, to bring up. I did, I did a, kind of a clip about this on my, on my Facebook, but, uh, <clears throat> um, I can't think of the guy's name. What's the guy's name? Um, uh, da, 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 da. the, 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 the rich people North of Richmond guy. Um, Oh, uh, God, why am I blinking? Why do I want to say Jimmy Collins? I know it's not it, but <laughs> <laughs> it's close. I mean, that maybe that's, maybe that's why, uh, what is his name? Oliver why? Anthony. Oliver, Oliver Anthony, Anthony. yeah, yeah. All right, so you can edit that however you want. Swami, <laughs> Swami, <laughs> Samsonite. Swami, Swan, Swan, Swanson, Swanson, <laughs> Samsonite. Um, so I knew that Oliver Anthony was going to be there, and I've been a big fan of. I've been not necessarily a big fan of him, but I'm I'm a big fan of things that go viral and just all of a sudden like you're famous. I think, I think it's, I think it was a fun story. I liked watching the, um, reaction videos of, of the song, you know, black people, white people was kind of bringing everybody together. Like people like, Oh shit, this guy's spitting, you know, the truth. So, and he had already done, uh, Rogan. I knew he wasn't really doing interviews and I know he, he had spoken about not liking, not trusting the media. So where the bathroom is, um, for the, for the media area, uh, you have to kind of walk across this path, um, that kind of the, so the pathway is what leads from the buses to the main stage. And like, you're kind of sandwiched in between that and you have to go across the path to get into the bathrooms. So I was like, well, if I see him over the weekend, I'll just, you know, I just want to grab a photo with him. I think it's a fun story. So I'm coming out of the bathroom. I look over, here he comes. He's walking at me with like a box of food in his hand. And uh, he's, he's with like a security guy. And I was like, Hey man, you know, I'm, I'm here doing media. I'd love to, I just want to grab a photo. And he goes, who are you doing media for? And I goes, Oh, I'm with not fast, you know, Slipknot, uh, doing heavy metal type stuff. And he kind of starts walking away. And then as soon as he gets like about six feet away from me, he turns around, looks at me and goes, I don't really like the media and he keeps walking. And I was like, you've got to be fucking kidding me. I was like, I was, I was like, I have never of, of like the six years I've done louder than life. I have never been big timed for a photo by anybody. And I know I'm yeah. not getting a whole bunch of photos back there. I'm not trying to fanboy out on everybody, but nobody has done that. And I'm not, not saying I'm anybody or whatever. I, it was yeah. just a shitty move. And my wife saw it. She saw it. She didn't know what was happening but she was like what did he say to you i'm like oh i i told her the story she's like fuck him <laughs> i was like yeah fuck him like yeah. it was it was one of the most ridiculous things i've ever seen i was like dude you've been famous at that time he'd been famous for like three weeks 
Yeah. And he was like, I don't really like the media. I don't <laughs> like oh, wow. the media. Just yeah. little Debbies and welfare right? money. <laughs> God, what a so, dick. Some, this is, yeah, I'm not Someone's like, you should have got him to sign your box of fudge rounds. <laughs> yeah, fudge rounds. That's what it was. But, I don't know if I'd be built for that scenario. Like, I, I like doing yeah, this. Corey would fight him. But I, I would not, I would not have responded very well, probably. <laughs> you know, but yeah, people are like that, man. I'm, I've met people even on like a local level where you're like, you know, you're wearing the, I'm, I put my pants on the same way as everybody else, yeah. you know? So I don't like approach anybody thinking that I'm ever like better than anybody or whatever. But yeah, even like at a local level, when you run into people like that, you're going, God, what kind of person are you to, to feel that <laughs> entitled, you know? Yeah. Oh yeah. The local rock star, man. That's a, that's a wild, wild thing, man. <laughs> it is, especially when you're, it's, it's cover band stuff. So me and Jake, you know, we, we would love to do more original stuff. I mean, we got some stuff in the works, but you know, what we do is neon troubadours is you know, we back up uh different singers. So we kind of have like a core band, right. And then go and support mm-hmm. other singer songwriters and play forums kind of have like a package deal instead of not, instead of having to shop around and find different players and whatnot. And we also do the boot scoots, which is like a nineties country like cover band. Um, and we're doing, uh, another project right now with a couple of our other band members kind of doing more of a corporate vibe, you know, but it's, it's, a, it's a mostly covers and there's people in the cover land just like that. It's amazing to me. It's like, don't write any of your own music. Don't, you know, you're just like covering <laughs> tunes and walking around like you're the next Elvis or something. It's weird. Yep. It's a very strange, we live in a strange time. <laughs> I'm disappointed yeah. in that story though. Cause I thought, or I really thought. That dude seems so like genuine and happy and just kind of glad to be here. <laughs> Apparently not. Is he uh I've seen some pictures of him. Is he like a seven foot tall ogre looking fucker? He's really tall, he... yeah. He's he's like he's, I, he's I have seen some pictures. I'm like, God, how big is this dude? He's about, he's probably about six two, six three. Like he's <laughs> he's a he's a tall dude, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it was it was funny. <clears throat> Cause I mean I I've I've gone on the record. I've gone on podcast talking about how cool I think the whole, you know, going viral thing is. And it's a fun song. And, you know, the second verse is stupid. The fudge rounds verse. I mean, it definitely could have taken a rewrite. And, uh, <laughs> you know, but I was just, I was taken aback. I was like, of all fucking people, <laughs> the, the fudge rounds guys fucking big time in me for a photo. <laughs> I mean, he just played, yeah, basically man, played crazy. in a cool down tent, you know, it's like, there's a there's yeah. a bar and a place to eat. Like it wasn't like he was out here on one of these stages, you know. He's, I mean, I thought it was cool they brought him in because it's just a different kind of music, you know. I would expect it for yeah, it was super young, random, but it was very definitely yeah. random. People loved it though. Yeah. Apparently, it went over really well. I don't know. To each his own, I guess. Um, <laughs> well, man, thanks for coming on with this. Uh, I, I do have one more question for you. Uh, not really a question, yeah. but. If you had to give some advice to uh, to new podcasters and maybe some others out there that are interested in getting into the getting into the podcast thing, what could you what could you offer us? Just don't do it, man. Just don't do <laughs> find it. something better to do with your time. Stay uh, away. <laughs> um, I mean, honestly, the only thing I know is consistency and just you know the the, the tried and true things is just you know kind of keep be there every week for, for your listeners or how, you know, if you're going to put out an episode every two weeks, make sure it's every two weeks. And people know that because, you know, people do, 
I mean, I, I'm a big fan of podcasts. I big, I love listening to them. Um, you know, and I know that my, my, my Monday shows are this, my Tuesday shows are that my Wednesday shows are this, you know what I'm saying? So like, if you're going to, um, I, I think, I think a set schedule is probably the way to go. Um, you know, if you're going to rec- release, release on Monday, you know, whatever day you release, just make sure to release that day. Um, but yeah, I, that, that's really all I know is just kind of be consistent and be there for, be there for your fans. <laughs> we, Absolutely. We, there's definitely more than I, than I imagined. I was like, who's going to listen to me and Jake talk for two hours. And then I was like, we, we kind of went through the same thing. Like our first episode was like 39 people. I'm like, that's 30 more than I thought would actually, you know, <laughs> And then we started to get some. That was feedback. thirty-eight more than I thought. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> we started to get some feedback from some of our peers and friends, and you know, people we play music with and whatnot. And it was like, okay, well, you know, making some people that, that are interested. I don't know. We don't really have a, a, a schedule. We we got to work on that. We need to upload schedule. <laughs> I I yeah. like I was talking about being sporadic and crazy about everything. I need a set day to release too, because if I didn't, I would never release anything because, or I would release like three in a row and then just be silent for for a month, you know, type stuff. But, and it, and it kind of like kicks me into gear. Like if we release on uh, new pod is released on Saturdays. And so like by Thursday, I'm like, all right, we have to record tonight and edit tomorrow and really, you know what I'm saying? Or, or if I didn't have a, a deadline, It'd be like, I don't know, just, just, we'll just do it again next week. We'll just do it next week. It would always be like, oh, we'll just do it next week. That sounds familiar. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds so, like me. I'm triggered. So yeah, I try, I try to, uh, I try to adhere to a, a schedule. I mean, some days, you know, some days I might come out on Sunday. Most time it's on Saturday. Yeah, we're, we're working through some. But yeah, man, uh, Corey, yeah, I, uh, you know. <laughs> I do appreciate you having me on. It was, it was, it was funny when you reached out to, to have me on, I was like, you know, I've, I know, I know Corey, but I don't know if I've ever actually talked to Corey. <laughs> like, it's, no, it's been kind of an a- admiration from, from afar for a long time. So yeah. Yeah. That was uh definitely the only time we ever spoke was at the Bulldog cafe. And honestly, it's as small of a town as Louisville is. And some of the connections that we have, um, I can't believe we never like ran into each other and, and you know, it's weird, but here we are. Yeah. I'm kind of a, I'm kind of a hermit. <laughs> In all honesty, it's like, it's, it's like, man, I've gotten to a point now where like, if I, if a band's coming through town, I want to see, I'm like, what time are you guys playing? <laughs> and I'm, I'm going to get there right before you play and I might leave during your set, but <laughs> you know, we went, we went to see nonpoint a couple of days ago. And uh, I was texting with their drummer, Rob, and I was like, because Rob used to do a segment on Talk To Me, he did like a weekly, we called it the pick from the kit. And uh, he would just pick a random song and give a little couple minutes like, man, I love this. He's a really big music fan. Um, and and like, you know, big into like thrash metal and things like that. So he would, he would you know, give a little, hey, I'm picking Death Angel this week because blah, blah, blah. And so I, I texted, he, they came through like last Tuesday. And I was like, dude, what time do you guys play? And he he sent me the the set times. And I was like, all right, I'm going to get there during Sumo Psycho, Watchhead PE. They gave us like, you know, backstage passes and everything. 
And I was like, I don't even think we're going to use these. I think we're going to get out of here. <laughs> you know, just like, oh, like, man, the bed sounds really nice right now. It's <laughs> funny how times change, man. Well, thanks again, dude. I appreciate you coming yeah. on. Uh, best of luck. Yeah, man. And Thank you so much. Yeah, we'll try to keep in touch and, uh, and, and hopefully uh, we'll see you at Louder Than Life next year. There you go. All right, Josh. We'll talk. Appreciate it, guys. Thanks Thank again. You. Thanks, dude.